Hey, welcome back to the Hostile Environment Podcast. This is a landmark episode number 10. Yes, we are here, folks. We are at episode number 10. I have almost 300 downloads, so thank you very much. Now, the logo, I just put it out on social media. I've changed it up. It's gone totally different than the old one. What do you think? Personally, I love it, and I'm very appreciative to the guy who did it. Also, the songs, what do you think? The new intro, you're about to hear the outro at the end of this episode. Please reach out, Facebook, all that horse shit that we're on together. We all know each other on this shit. Tell me what you think of it. Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle. I'm anxious to hear it. Now, as we are at episode number 10, I promised a fucking story that you have to hear to believe. And I can honestly and truly say that this happened. There is no stretching of the truth. There is no fabrication. Some of you know me for a very fucking long time, and you know this story to be true. Others have known me maybe a little bit longer, maybe a little bit shorter, maybe way fucking longer. Uh, Like, you know, for instance, my dad, he's known me for 42 years. Um, and you've never heard this story, uh, and there's a reason for that, because it's fucking, it's fucking pretty crazy, and after I'm done, maybe you still don't believe it, and that's okay, I get it, it's understandable, but I was there, it fucking happened, the, the fucked up thing is, uh, this isn't the end, um, no sir, there's, uh, there's more to this, not to this actual story, but more to these stories in coming up in the future. Um, you know, another landmark episode, I'm going to say episode 25 is going to be my next landmark episode. I'm going to hit you with another story very similar to this one. Not as in the way it happened, but the fact that Jesus fucking Christ, this happened. And, you know, I don't want to give nothing away, but it's just as fucked up. So that's episode 25, but we've got a long way to go. We got 50 more episodes. So let's not put the cart before the horse, so to speak, right? So, um, like I said, uh, episode number 10, we are here. Uh, um, To get to number 25, though, I need you guys to stick with me, all right? Um, You know, keep downloading, keep subscribing, and for the love of God, uh, tell your friends to subscribe as well. If you like what I'm doing, just mention it, you know? Um, Who knows? Um, If the right person hears the right thing from the right person... Who knows what the fuck happens, right? But anyways, um, but before we get started, unfortunately, um, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the impending lockdown that's coming this Saturday night. Uh, look, I, I was literally talking to a buddy of mine today. Um, I was 100% behind the first lockdown. I was 70% in favor of the second lockdown. But now I feel like it's got to be survival of the fittest at this point. You want to have like a Lord of the Flies scenario? Fucking let's do it. Um, Because the other two lockdowns didn't work. That's pretty fucking obvious, right? So what makes this one any different? Um, Are there people dying? Yes, there are. Uh, But there are also people who are dying financially. And it's just as bad because losing everything you have... And everything you've worked for, for your entire life, or even for, you know, even if you're just a new business owner and you're just an upstart, you're just getting started maybe just before the pandemic. Like my daughter's CrossFit guy. He literally just opened his CrossFit uh, six months before the pandemic hit. He got shut down. He moved. Then he gets shut down again. 
He has to do the CrossFit from his own fucking garage and his driveway. He built a CrossFit studio, which we stood behind and we still kept going to. When all these other people bailed on him because they didn't want to work out in his driveway, we stuck by this fucking guy. And we stuck by him because he's good to my daughter. He's a good CrossFit coach. And I felt bad for him because he's a small business and he got crushed. Well, now all of a sudden he moves into a brand new place. He's doing well. And he's got a fucking third lockdown scenario coming at him. I don't know if he can survive. I don't know his financials. I know that it can't be easy for anybody. So if it's hard for this guy, it's hard for that guy. You know what? It's hard for everybody. So I don't know. I I, I, I feel that at some point depression takes over and that also leads to death. It also leads to drinking, which leads to ICU visits and shit like that. Because, you know, you drink yourself, get in a car accident, you drink yourself, you fall down the stairs, you drink yourself into a fucking, into a, a huge mess. You, get, you, you start drugs. I mean, who knows, man? But at some point, this has got to fucking stop. Something's got to change. So I don't have all the answers, nor do I claim to be a genius or even fucking, I don't even claim to be smart. But I believe the third lockdown will eventually fail. It will not work. And then what? Is there going to be a fourth or fifth lockdown? I mean, how many of these fucking things can we go through? Anyways, um, I hope you're all still safe and I hope you're all happy. And look, if you need to reach out to somebody, maybe, you know, maybe you're a new listener and you know what? You're like, this guy seems like a bit of a jerk off. I am. Congratulations. You're right. But you know what? I can also listen. If you need to reach out to somebody and you have no other friends or family, you just want to fucking shoot the shit, hit me up. I'm going to give you guys all the social media shit. And you know what? I keep everything confidential if you want to talk, but, um, you know, I'll talk to you if you need to or want to talk to somebody. So anyways, okay, uh, let's get that negative shit out of the way. Let's get into the much-anticipated, much-talked-about story, that shall we? Welcome to the story of Neil and Lisa. So, starting off, the funny, the funny fact about uh, Canada is that unknowingly, I, I didn't know this until I looked into it, but we don't actually have a statute of limitations. So for those of you who don't know what that means, in America, you can commit a crime and if 10 years goes by and you don't get caught for it, it's the statute of limitations means, well, it's too late to prosecute you, so you get off, off the hook. So I looked into that knowing that I was going to be telling this story and several other stories down the line. And oddly enough, we don't have a statute of limitations here in Canada. Uh, it's the prosecutor's right to prosecute any crime at any time if they choose to do so. So, I'm taking a bit of a chance on this story and maybe the stories that are coming up. But the question begs to ask, um, would anybody want to prosecute a bunch of guys for events that happened 25 years ago? So I promised you this story and I'm going to deliver. So I'm taking my chances and I'm taking some of the guys who were in this involved in the story on that ride with me, even though it's unknowingly for them. So let's start with the phrase, uh, and it all sums up with this, it sums this whole episode up, actually, in its entirety. And it's from a show called Dragnet in the 1950s. Some of you weren't even born yet, I know I fucking wasn't. And the quote is, ladies and gentlemen, the story you're about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. Well, the good news is, I'm not even changing the names. I'm actually not protecting the innocent. I'm throwing all the innocents under the bus. So in the words of Heath Ledger's Joker from The Dark Knight, one of the greatest movies ever made, here we go. 
In one of my previous Tone episodes, uh, I told you the how Tone used to hang out and lurk at coffee shops late at night. And um, he used to uh, just talk to total strangers and connect with them. Uh, Tone would then, uh, the best word is, befriend these people and somehow work his way into their houses, their homes. Um, once Tone was in your home, it was like a computer virus. That's what Tone basically was. Um, kind of like in the Terminator movies where as soon as the general gives the, the okay for Skynet to go live, um, the machines would then begin to take over. That's kind of what Tone is. If these people had an idea of who or what Tone was, they never would have brought him home, ever. I guarantee fucking that. And this story proves that. Tone is truly like, um, uh, like a human herpes when there's no cure for it. So going back to somewhere in the ballpark of 1998, um, Tone was lurking in the coffee shops, donut shops, uh, as usual. As that was kind of his thing late at night. This, this time he was at uh, Coffee Time Donuts at Woodbine and, and Lumsden. Um, it's, it's close to his house. And uh, so he meets a guy there named Neil one night. He meets Neil. Neil was um, one or two years older than us. So, you know, at that point, I think we were around 16 or 17. So he was 19 because he could buy booze. So he was definitely legal. Uh, Neil was about five foot seven, about 120 pounds. Um, and he had this stupid fucking mustache that made him look like he should be wearing rubber boots and a raincoat and hanging around schoolyards. He was, uh, he was a creepy looking guy. Like, not like creepy, like serial killer, but creepy, like, yeah, you're not going to babysit my kid kind of creepy. So, um, as is the normal tone routine, he would strike up a conversation with the ultimate goal of getting into Neil's house to either, you know, see what he could possibly steal or to figure out what he could, what, anything that was there that he could take advantage, advantage of, uh, Neil's situation, the house, anything. Um, so tones impromptu conversations, uh, would strike, he would strike up an impromptu conversation and somehow he would work his way into the house. So Tone uh, was talking to Neil and somehow gets to say something along the lines of, you know, I'll walk you home. Um, so Tone walks this guy, Neil, home and obviously, you know, gets in the house and I, I don't know what happened after that. But what I do know is the day after Tone had met Neil, he called me to give me the lowdown on what happened the night before. So kind of like a, a recon mission um, report, except I never asked for any of this information, nor did I give a fuck. Tone asked me if Derek was coming by, and I said, yeah, you know, it, that's kind of the norm. You know, it was kind of what we did every day. Um, so uh, anyway, so he comes over, and, and, and we shoot the shit, and we're doing our thing, and I randomly say, um, oh, yeah, yeah, Tone's coming by later. Um, you know, no shock or surprise there, like I said. And, um, um, sorry, uh, my house was actually called uh, the Dropout Center. So um, it's kind of like a term. I don't know where it came from. I don't know who made it up. But it, if you were like cutting class or wanted to fuck around with your girlfriend somewhere or just want to possibly do some daytime drinking, my door was usually always open. So Tone ends up coming by much later than he, he usually, uh, than, sorry, Tone ends up coming by as he promised, but much later than he, he, he said he was going to come by. And that was another amazing trait about Tone was he uh, was never, ever, ever fucking on time. That, that used to piss me off like nothing else because, um, you know, I, I'm never late. Anyone who knows me knows I'm never fucking late. It's probably my biggest pet peeve. Um, my time is just as valuable as yours. So have some fucking respect and be where you say you're going to be when you say you're going to be there. Anyways, Tone comes in with this fucking gigantic smile on his face and he sets us down like we were planning like a, a bank vault heist or something like that. 
And he says he meets this guy, Neil, last night. And Tone goes, and Neil's good to go. Now, Tone's version of good to go meant that Neil had something that Tone either wanted or was of use to Tone. So he begins to break down everything, kind of like a like an NFL coach when he would set his players down and go over his playbook. He tells us that, uh, so he met Neil, he was talking to Neil, offered to walk Neil home, because um, Neil says, oh, I'm fairly new to the neighborhood. So Tone wants to give him a breakdown of the area. That was his in, that's what he said. Once they got to Neil's, Tone used the old, um, I need to use your bathroom excuse to gain entry uh, into, his house and, uh, into his house and scope out the situation. So turns out Neil lives in a basement apartment has a roommate named Stefan, and also lives with his girlfriend named Lisa. All three of these guys had recently moved um, from he here, from Sault Ste. Marie, and I guarantee they'd never met anybody like us. So Tone says, um, you know, uh, we should grab some beer and we should go over to Neil's tonight. And I remember specifically asking Tone, like, do you have this fucking guy's number? And if he even knew if Neil was gonna be home, because you know, once we bought beer and we showed up to Neil, if, if he wasn't home, we'd have nowhere to go and nowhere to drink and nothing to do and nowhere to hang out. Tone said he had Neil's pager number. He'd give him a page, which he never, never actually fucking did, but that he knew that Neil would be home because they talked about it last night. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's do it. Let's go to Neil's. So off to the beer store we go. Off to Neil's we went. We get to Neil's house and uh, Neil's basement apartment entrance is in the back of the house. So you have to walk to the back of the house to where the backyard is and go down some stairs. Neil had no vision to the front of the house whatsoever. So um, basically if anything was going on on the front yard or you know anything like that, Neil couldn't see shit. All he could see was the back. So we walked down the stairs and Derek, introduced, Derek and I introduced ourselves and we get to know the three people living in this fucking basement apartment. So I already described Neil as being a weird pedophile looking guy and his roommates weren't any better. Uh, Stefan was about the same size and height as Neil, except he had like a, not like a brush cut, like an army cut, like you're almost bald sort of thing. Um, and anyways, he, like an, he kind of looked like a hamster if a hamster was human. He was an ugly looking fucker with a stupid looking haircut. So that was Stefan. Um, Lisa was uh, obviously a female, very average looking girl with like chubby cheeks, uh, glasses, and like a orange red hair. Yeah, on the scale of attractiveness, like, you know, hot, um, she was a solid five and a half out of 10. So, you know, not much to look at, really just kind of plain, like kind of like a grocery bag full of fucking, you know, you know, you look at a grocery bag, that's the same fucking thing. Um, so the three of them, they, okay. But other than that, they were all very nice. Uh, all three of them were very nice. I got to say that that's hundred percent true. They're all very nice and they were all very trusting in retrospect. That was probably a huge mistake of them to be so trusting, but it is what it is. So, um, I, I remember when, um, uh, we, we, so we, we drank there that night, got to know them, yada, yada, and we walk out and, uh, we're, we're going home now and we're out, uh, the three of us are fucking walking on the street. And one of the first things Derek says as he walk out, he goes, Oh, I'd fucking totally bang her. And I'm like, are you fucking serious, dude? Like she's fucking, uh, whatever. She's a horrible, but anyways, Derek's Derek and that is what it is. And then, um, Tone's like, yeah, I think we found our new drinking spot. And I was like, yeah, I, whatever, man. If, if they're cool, we're cool. I'm fucking, you know, it is what it is. Keep in mind, we're like 17 years old. So, you know, we're looking for a place to hang out and, and you know, drink and fucking whatever. You can't drink on the street and, you know, it is what it is. So, um, um, the next few nights would be very different though. So that was night one. The next few would be very different. And so before I go any further as well, 
this is a perfect time for a brief intermission before I get into the real crux of the story. And by intermission, I mean plugging my social media platforms so you motherfuckers can follow me and like my posts and retweet and repost and all of the horse shit that comes with um, social media because fuck guys, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to run a business and I'm trying to grow a brand here. So please, like when you see me post that shit online and, um, you know, please share it because I feel like my shit is just being seen by the same like 40 or 50 people, which I do appreciate. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, I can understand why, you know, you guys are seeing the same shit over and over again, but it is what it is. So please, if you like what I'm doing, if you like the story, how about that? Retweet this fucking episode. And if people hear this, then they'll hear the other, you know, nine and going forward. Anyways, real quick. Facebook, Jay Cowell, but that will be changing soon because once Facebook lets me change my own fucking name, which they won't do because I haven't been on there for two months yet or some horse shit, so I'm waiting for that. That will change, but right now it is Jay, Jay Cowell uh, on Facebook. Instagram did let me change my name, so that handle is now uh, host.enviro.pod. That is where I'll be posting the majority of any funny pictures. So if you want to laugh at some of the shit that I'm talking about when I say I'm going to post a picture like I did uh, the girl with the bike that she stole back and a couple other things, that's where you're going to go to find that shit. Um, Twitter is at podcast underscore hostile. TikTok, which I still think is retarded, but I do post on it regardless, is at the hostile environment pod. And lastly, for any questions, comments, suggestions, and dick pics, uh, the show email, the hostile environment email is j.hostile.environment at gmail.com. And now back to the riveting, riveting conclusion of hostile story time. So, um, where are we? Here we are. All right. Uh, when we last left our heroes, they had just left Neil and Lisa's for the first time. Now, I had other friends to hang out with. I did have other people that I knew other than Tone and Derek. So after the first night, I didn't see Neil, I didn't see Neil and Lisa for a few days. But Tone and Derek continued to go. Uh, a couple of days later, a couple of days go by, and I'm heading over to Derek's, and he tells me that him and Tone were there drinking actually the night before and hanging out. And he's like, I think, uh, I think fucking Lisa likes me. I'm like, oh, fuck off, man. Like, you think everyone likes you. And, you know, like, you know, even if she did, and even if she was single, who the fuck cares, dude? She's fucking hideous. But it is what it is. But he said, no, Lisa's staring at him all the time. He says he always catch, looks over and she's glancing at him. So I laugh and, you know, whatever, I, I brush it off. Anyways, I brought this um, I brought this other guy, Noof, to Derek's with me. I don't think I've talked about Noof in the other nine episodes, but Noof will be uh, a topic of conversation moving forward. So you can't forget the name Noof. But keep that in the back of your mind because he will be coming up later in the Hostile Podcast and upcoming episodes. I take Noof with me. Uh, so we're at Derek's. We're already pre-drinking there. I didn't want to say pre-drinking. We're just drinking. Uh, we're already drinking there. And uh, we go to meet up with Tone. So the three of us go to meet with Tone. And Tone, um, Tone brings this guy, Sack, with him. So um, Sack, we called him Sack because he looked like a giant fucking nutsack. He was like... Uh, at that time when we were like 17, he was already like six foot two. He weighed 280 pounds. And I think I'd mentioned him before on an episode, one of the very first episodes of the podcast, he actually fell off a skateboard and smoked his fucking head and he lost all sense of taste and smell. And he also had the intelligence of a fucking cabbage. So, uh, that, that was, it was a horrible combination, no taste, no smell. And he was dumb as fuck. 
Not to mention, he smoked a shit ton of weed, too. So, um, all five of us link up. We're all heading over to Neil Nisa's. And do you ever... Do you ever get that feeling? I mean, maybe you got it at the fucking CNE, or maybe you got it at Disney World, or maybe you got it at fucking, you know, going to a movie, whatever. But do you ever get that feeling that shit's just going to get weird or fucking really crazy? It's it's like there's excitement in the air, and that's what I felt. I remember feeling this on the way there. I don't know how I remember, but I fucking truthfully do. I knew something was going to go down, either tonight or whatever. I just, I had a fucking, it was an aura around us. And, um... It was like we were going to go back to like a retarded Disney world or something. So um, uh, the five of us get to the leases, uh, Anufi, a human nutsack, Tone, who's pure evil, and then there's Derek and I. So the five of us walk in. Saki would smoking pot all day like he usually does. Um, and as soon as we walk in there, he storms right for the fridge. So he hasn't even met these guys yet. Uh, literally the door opens and Sack walks right down the stairs and goes right towards the fridge. Like a fucking bull in a china shop. He's knocking shit over and cause he's all fucking stoned. And so he starts rifling through the fridge immediately. And Lisa's like, Hey, 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 who, who the fuck are you? Like, you know, stop. Like, you know, like we're, we're broke. She said them on the lines of like, we're broke or whatever. That's all the food we have. Who are you? Why are you eating our fucking food? Fucking sack grabs this loaf of bread, no butter, no jam, just dry fucking bread, and just starts piling like uh, pieces of bread into his mouth. So um, out of nowhere, this fucking other guy comes out of the uh, from around the corner, and this is Stefan, you know, the, the, the roommate. So Stefan, uh, Stefan had just bought a pager, and he, he was immediately like, "We didn't know this fucking guy, but he knew Tone and Derek and whatever." Anyway, so we're we're um, we're talking to Stefan, and he's bragging about this pager that he just bought because this is when pagers were a fucking thing. Um, so he, he's bragging about this fucking pager, and he, he Tone goes, "Oh, yeah, let me see that. Let me see it." And Stefan goes, "Yeah." So fucking Tone grabs the pager off him, and next thing you know, Tone walks over and goes, "Oh, is it waterproof?" And Stefan goes, "Well, no, it's it's a pager. Why would it be?" And it, he didn't even finish his sentence, and Tone fucking threw it in the fish tank that they had. So this, I watched this pager hit the water, and it's sinking towards the bottom. And I, I look over at Stefan. I start to laugh. Obviously, I look over at Stefan's face. He's not laughing, obviously, uh, and he's actually getting pretty fucking mad. And he was as the he's trying to fish the the pager out of the fish tank. He's got his arm and he's got his half his arms in the water and he's got a fucking net and he's trying to fish the fucking pager out of, you know out of the fish tank before it gets damaged. Which I'm positive it was already done anyways. But you know he you know everyone would do the same thing. You're trying to save it, right? So as as he's trying to save his pager, he's talking a lot of shit and he's you know like fucking uh, he's saying things that told like he was gonna fight Tone, he was gonna knock him out. Which there was fucking zero chance. Let me tell you, there was zero chance he could knock Tone out because, as insane as Tone was and is, wherever the fuck he is, but as insane as Tone was, he was a tough motherfucker too. So saying he was going to knock him out probably wasn't going to happen. So Stefan fishes, Stefan fishes his pager out, and he's yelling and screaming. So I told him, I'm basically shut the fuck up because he was making a, a bad scene much worse by screaming like this, right? I just told him to shut the fuck up. He responds to me by telling me to go fuck myself, and then he'd knock me out. So I had a nice buzz on, I'm not going to lie. Um, and, you know, like, I, I don't like to get pushed. You know, most of you who know me know that. So uh, when he said that, I jumped up from my fucking chair, and I go at this gerbil-looking motherfucker. And uh, he started to walk backwards. And as I'm starting to walk towards him, he takes off, and he runs into his bedroom. Uh, and as he's running into the bedroom... I'm running, I'm sorry, I'm walking towards him, 
And what I didn't realize is he had fucking kicked the door closed to, to you know, so I couldn't get in. Um, and I don't know if I was talking to somebody or whatever, but I remember as soon as I turned around, the fucking door hit me square in the face and I lost my shit. And as soon as it hit me in the face, I fucking punched through his fucking door. And as I punched through the fucking door, I could see, I could grab him. Like I saw him right behind the door. So I immediately grabbed him and I was like, it was like fucking Michael Myers trying to kill a teenager kind of scenario, right? That's what it was like. And once I had him, I started kicking the fucking door as well until like the, the, the whole bottom of the door just was in pieces. My hand was through another fucking part of it. And I was dragging, trying to drag him through the door. In actuality, I should have punched through with my left hand and, you know, done the real actually like Michael Myers thing, but Anyways, I didn't. So um, I, the, the, I kicked the rest of the door in and da-da-da. And now Stefan begins to whine and cry and apologize. So I let him go. And then I, I, I kind of realized that it was fucking funny. So, you know, I, my anger went down. So I let him go and I smiled. Not for any other reason than I can hear all kinds of fucking chaos going on in the living room while this is going on. So all of a sudden, Stefan's not my priority anymore. And we go into the living room, and that's where I see Sack. And he's all of a sudden, he's got pots and pans out and they're on the fucking stove. And he's attempting to make craft dinner. But it's he's freaking out because Neil and Lisa didn't have like a bag of milk or a carton of milk. They had that uh, powdered fucking milk. And uh, all the while that he's trying to rip this powdered milk open and say, how the fuck do you use this? And I never used this shit and blah, blah, blah. And he's got water in the pot and he's stirring it with a wooden spoon. And Lisa's freaking out because she's still saying that, you know, we're, we're broke. So stop eating all our food. And like, who brought this fucking guy? And like you know, all this shit. So... This commotion is going on, and all of a sudden, Derek comes up to me, and he goes, hey, hey fucking, come here, I want to talk to you. So, I fucking, I grab Derek, and, you know, we we, we want some privacy, because that's, you know, kind of, I kind of got that hint. So, we go into Stefan's room, and uh, so Derek wanted to talk around, so we go, da, da, da. So, um, as me and Derek starts to talk, I was like, fuck, man, I really got to fucking piss. Uh, but I'm now, I'm engaged in a conversation, so I can't just kind of break off the conversation and go to the bathroom. I don't want to be rude because, you know, that's not who I am. So I decide to piss in Stefan's room. And because I'm not a total asshole, I I wasn't going to piss on the floor or anything like that. That's, you know, who would do something like that? Um, I decided to piss in Stefan's closet. So I open the sliding door to the fucking closet and I see this dirty laundry hamper. And I'm like, ah, perfect, fucking dirty laundry. You know, it is what it is. So I begin to piss in his laundry. Uh, And as I'm pissing, Derek says that he wants us all to leave the house like, so he wants everyone, somehow, all of us to get out of the house, except for Lisa. And um, somehow, like, do figure something out so that Lisa stays at the house, and then everyone else has to leave. He'll go another way, and then he'll double back and come into the house and talk to Lisa. And as I'm laughing at the whole fucking idea, because um, all of a sudden he come up with this plan that him and I get in this big fake fight and that, uh, you know, we, we go our separate ways, except I take the crew with me and he goes his separate way, right? So as, as we're discussing this fucking plan and I'm pissing in the laundry, Stefan bursts through the, well, what's left of the door uh, where it used to be. And he sees me pissing in his hamper. And of course he loses his shit. And I try and calm him down. I'm like, dude, relax. It's fucking dirty clothes anyways. And then Stefan tells me, no, those are actually fucking clean clothes. I just haven't put them in the dresser yet. So I did what every man would do. I sarcastically apologized. And I went back into the living room. 
And I'm, but before I did, I grabbed a box of fucking laundry soap that just happened to be just, I just saw a fucking box of Tide and I grabbed it and I fucking poured it all over the piss and the clothes. And I said, there you go. You know, now you gotta do is throw it in the washing machine. See, I'm, you know, I'm trying to help you kind of thing. So Stefan didn't find that funny at all. Uh, so Derek and I, um, we, we're getting this plan together and da, 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 da. So, um, Derek says, listen, you're already angry. So let's do this. They'll buy it because you've already punched through the door and all this stuff. Let's go outside and pretend. So, uh, I don't even remember how we started this fucking fake fight, but, um, anyways, the, the plan was get outside, which we did. Uh, we pretended we were fighting and I grabbed Neil and Stefan and Tone, Noof and Sack and we go to coffee time. I grab a fucking beef patty and I try and keep them there as long as I can. So all, the whole plan works. It didn't, whatever, it is what it is. Derek went his way. We all go to coffee time. I tell him I want a beef patty. We're sitting there talking. I'm trying to keep them busy for as long as I can so that Derek can circle back, head downstairs, talk to Lisa. And, um, you know, at this point, I, I, I stole them as long as I could. I, I really did. And um, I, we're, we did what we, I, I did everything I could. So, Derek went his way, I went mine. I tried to keep Noofsack, I tried to keep them all there as long as I could. At some point, I just couldn't do it anymore, and Neil's like, fuck it, I'm just going back downstairs. So as we get we, as we get back to Neil's house, uh, immediately, as soon as we're walking down the stairs, we heard fucking music playing, which wasn't playing when we left. And um, as we get down there, um, Neil uh, goes to goes with Stefan into the bedroom, and um, I hear everyone like, fucking Derek, da -da, where's Derek? Um, there obviously Derek never came back. So Noof goes to try and open this bedroom door, which was Neil Nisa's bedroom because it was the only door that was closed and it was locked. So Noof out of nowhere, which wasn't really Noof's strategy. He just fucking hauls off and kicks this door open. And as soon as he kicks the door open, there's Derek fucking plowing Lisa missionary style. And Noof screams out, look, I can see his ass. I don't even know if that was a Newfoundland accent, but that's the best I can do. We all start howling. Neil runs out of the fucking uh, Stefan's bedroom, runs right over, sees that Derek is, is, is fucking his girlfriend, and uh, immediately begins to cry. Derek rolls over and just fucking bursts into laughter. Like, now all of us are laughing except poor Neil. I don't think Lisa was laughing, but who cares? Anyways, we all lost our shit. Neil's crying. Stefan starts screaming and swearing. Um, Neil, Neil is crying. Sack, Noof, Tone, and I are crying with laughter. And Derek is getting as get, Derek is getting dressed. So Neil tells us to get the fuck out of his house. And then for no reason at all, just starts to insult us. Like, you guys are all fucking assholes and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, well, that's a little uncalled for. But anyways, we all, we all leave without incident. And once we get outside, we talk about uh, how truly offended we were by the way that Neil was talking to us. Like, how dare he? Like, oh, come on, man. Like, I didn't do fucking anything. But all right. Okay, sure. So, um, you know, Derek wasn't insulted because I guess he didn't have a, he didn't, uh, he had a right to not to be, right? So anyways, the next day, Derek comes over to the dropout, and we're reminiscing about the night before. Uh, Tone shows up shortly after, and the first thing out of his mouth uh, was, I put the wheels in motion, bruh. And we're, I said, like, fucking, I, Tone, like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, I have zero idea what he's talking about. I look at Derek, I can tell Derek has zero fucking idea what he's talking about. So I said, what do you mean the wheels are in motion? What the fuck did you do? So Tone took, took a personal exception to Neil kicking us out for some reason. Um, I don't know. I don't know why he did. He didn't even let on that he did the night before, but he did. Personally, I kind of totally understood why he booted us out. We'd known the guy for like three days, and none of us had 
uh, sorry, and one of us had already slept with his girlfriend, uh, destroyed a door, put a pager in the fish tank, and pissed in his clothes. Nevertheless, the wheels were in motion, and Tone explained to us that on his way over to my house, he had used a payphone at the subway station, and he called Crime Stoppers. And um, that's the confidential police line, 222 tips if you're here in Toronto, uh, whatever, that's the tip line, right? So um, he calls this fucking police hotline, and he tells them that Neil is a drug dealer. He also told the tip line that Neil was harassing kids on the street, like little fucking kids, and giving them free drugs to try and try and hook them on drugs. So this is what he told the fucking uh, the, the tip line. So Tone, we were talking about it, and Tone says he fucking guarantees that within 24 hours, there was going to be a squad car outside of Neil's house. And I was like, oh, like fuck. And he goes, yep, I, I fucking guarantee it. So the next day, I called his bluff. Uh, we The three of us went over to Neil's, and sure enough, wasn't there fucking two guys in a fucking unmarked car sitting outside of just maybe six or seven houses down from Neil's. And of course, they're driving that unmarked police car that everybody knows is a fucking police car, but I, for some reason, I guess they're, they think they're fooling somebody. So um, we walked over, uh, we walked by the car. We didn't want to let them know that we were going to Neil Lisa's, but we wanted to walk by the car, which we did. And as we're walking by, sure enough, they've got a couple of notepads and a big fucking camera. So I guess they were taking pictures of people who were going in and out of Neil's house and they had the notepads for writing license plates and shit down. So we knew, we, we knew they were cops before, but that was the fucking, we, now we fucking officially know, right? So, um, we pretty much know at that point that Neil Lisa's was dead to us because Derek was banging his girlfriend all of a sudden, which might have been been the beginning of the end to begin with, right? So I mean, if that if there was if that wasn't enough, but now the cops were stalking that place out. So now we know that you know, okay, that's the nail in the coffin. Derek fucking Lisa and now the cops are involved. So back to my house, we went to formulate a plan on how to capitalize on this whole police situation because we're like, okay, well if the police are sitting out there anyways, well let's have some fun. So we're figuring out how to get some entertainment out of this, right? So um, the cops basically were, were, they're taking their pictures and they're doing all their shit and we knew all this. So the best thing to do was um, basically grab a, a Yellow Pages. That's what we did. We grabbed a fucking phone book, we grabbed a Yellow Pages and we started rattling off ideas of how we could send, what, what shit that we could send to Neil's house so the police would see what the fuck was going on. So the first suggestion came in and it was, well, let's get a fucking roofer. So we called uh, a roofer. We just randomly fucking, oh, R, open the phone book, boom, roofing. Um, we called the roof and Tone says, yeah, listen, uh, you know, I live at this address. Uh, my name's Neil and I need a complete fucking roof tear off uh, starting around two o'clock tomorrow afternoon. Can you do this? Fucking roofer's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. I can fucking get a, a team over there and da, 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 da. All right, perfect. We got the confirmation. Boom. That's the first step. Um, I gotta say once we got the roofer and it was all confirmed, then the floodgates just fucking opened. Um, no idea was too outrageous. No idea was fucking too stupid. We'd call everyone we could think of and send everything to Neil's house at two o'clock. So we started with the roofer. What's next? Well, now we need a plumber. So, um, Neil had shown tone where the spare key was in the backyard, um, you know, a hidden spare key or whatever. And that was another huge mistake on Neil's part. So Derek told the plumber that, you know, he was selling the house and he wanted new pipes installed because he had a, a massive leak with the washing machine and, you know, everything was all fucked up. And so I need new pipes and all this shit for my house to sell. So after the plumber, well, we agreed on that. 
uh, we stumbled on a service that you can call that you can actually have people come to your house and plant trees. I don't remember what the name of the company was, but it was something, something, tree planting. So we called them, we were talking to them. And sure enough, they're like, yep, we'll come over, we'll dig up your lawn, we'll plant trees, and we charge by the tree and the kind of tree you want, da da da, da. We're like, fucking perfect. Can you come tomorrow at 2 o'clock? Absolutely, no problem. I'll have a fucking team there. Perfect. Roofer, plumber, tree planters. Yep, that was all good. Uh, as we're flipping through the yellow pages, now we see that um, there we found, uh, settled on airport limo. We found a limo service. So we were like, oh yeah, Neil's leaving on a big business trip tomorrow. So we wanted, we wanted to travel in style. So we requested the top of the line fucking stretch limo, of course, for Neil and his family. And again, for tomorrow at two o'clock. From a stretch limo, then we go to a moving van. Oh, Neil fucking needs a 40 foot uh, moving van with two movers um, because he's got to get out of his house ASAP. Uh, so we called them and, yep, can, can we get that done? Absolutely. We have a team there for you tomorrow at 2 o'clock. So keep in mind, like, none of this is paid for. Nobody asked for credit cards back 25 years ago. Everything was either, you know, cash or pay on delivery or cash on delivery, however you want to call it. So all this shit was much easier than it is nowadays. You could, I don't think you could do any of this shit nowadays. Anyways, we figured for today that was enough because we had some more shit planned for tomorrow. So... Again, we all reconvened at the dropout uh, the next day. Uh, I think it was around 10 o'clock. We had about four hours to get to Neil's, but not before we started other, uh, a couple of more phone calls. Um, we were like, fuck it, let's do this. So uh, we ordered a pizza party for 10 people. Um, and then we ordered a Chinese food dinner for 10 people. Uh, and all of this again for tomorrow at two o'clock. Now, um, the cherry on the Sunday. Um, what, this was all my idea, so I'm taking full credit for this. And if you listen to my last episode of the podcast titled Follow the Shoe Train, you heard that I had ordered a hooker to Bird's house uh, on a Friday night, and her pimp had to show up as well because we um, no one paid the hooker for her services, So, uh, and they threatened to kill Bird unless he paid for it. So if I could do that on a Friday night, why not try the same fucking thing on a Thursday afternoon at two o'clock. So I made a call, found a hooker's name on fucking, well, I don't even think they had Craigslist. I don't even remember how I found the hooker's name, but I found the hooker, no problem. And I got her to show up for Thursday at two o'clock, which is about fucking three and a half hours away. So now that we placed all of our orders, so to speak, um, the only thing left was to head over to Neil's and get seating position for the fucking carnage. So off to Neil's we went. So when we get there, the police car still camped out there, still camped up on the street. And sure enough, it was just before two o'clock and the first fucking person showed up. And just like we'd fucking thought, it was the roofer. So Derek, Tone, and I were about, mm, I want to say 400, 500 yards away from Neil's house. For, far enough that you didn't know that we had any part of what was going to happen, but close enough that we could see all the action, right? So the fucking roofing van shows up with the ladder and the whole gimmick, right? So um, Tone walks over right off the bat. Uh, I, I didn't have the balls to do it. So Tone walked over um, and um, uh, he walks over and tells him, yeah, yeah, complete fucking tear off, yada, yada, yada. So immediately the fucking, the guy has, uh, he, he, uh, the guy put the ladder up immediately. He put a sheet down right on the driveway. They go up on the ladder and they just start fucking ripping off shingles because Tone was like, I've got leaks here. I've got leaks here. Um, it's already, you know, just get this fucking roof off, da, 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 da. All right, so 
within 10 minutes, they had all the, like a, a whole bunch of shingles already ripped off, right? So Tone was literally just finishing up with the roofer when the fucking tree planters show up. Then, uh, so Tone uh, circles back over to them. Then he tells them to put as many as tree, as many trees as they could, and the price was no object. So you want to put 40 trees down? Put 40 fucking trees down. I'll pay the whole tab, but I love trees and I want them on my lawn. They were like, yep, no problem. So out of nowhere, they open their back of their van. They've got their shovels. The two or three people that were there just start fucking digging holes right in the middle of the fucking lawn. Next to arrive was the moving van. Uh, Tone told the movers to park in the driveway to be careful not to get hit by any of the falling shingles. Uh, and then he, he brought them downstairs uh, with the fucking key that he had. Uh, and because not only did he have the key for that, but then afterwards... Uh, or So the plumber shows up too, uh, right around the time that the fucking... Uh, the tree planters show up, right? So... Uh, Tone grabs the fucking key, he grabs the plumbers, and he grabs the movers. He tells the plumber, oh yeah, I need these pipes taken down, these new pipes replaced, blah, blah, blah. The plumber's like, yep, fucking cool, no problem. Tone takes the fucking movers downstairs, starts pointing out random furniture in Neil and Lisa's house, saying, yep, all this shit's got to go, I got to be out of here in like 48 hours, da, da, da. They're like, okay, yep, no problem. So they start picking up tables and chairs and walking out of fucking Neil's house and put them in the back of this fucking truck, right? fucking great like it, it, it then it got you so if you think that's good then it got even crazier because as this is all happening then the fucking stretch black limo shows up and he pulls up to the front of the house and parks right in front and we see him get out and he's standing by the front door of the limo so derek and i are just standing there we haven't even moved so tone's doing all this by himself he's directing traffic he's getting all this shit done derek and i are just in fucking tears like it's just it's the greatest thing i've ever seen so um uh, we had to see this shit for ourselves. At some point, we're like, we have to go and see this shit for ourselves. So Derek and I start walking over. And um, uh, we heard the, as we're getting towards the backyard, you could actually hear the plumber banging on pipes and all this shit. So we knew he was working. As we're walking in, we see the fucking movers grabbing shit and they're bringing shit out of the house and putting it in the back of the truck. As they're doing this, boom. Next thing you know, we turn around, bam, pizza guy shows up. Tone took all the fucking pizzas out of this guy's fucking arms uh, grabs him and says he's going downstairs where he's got to grab his wallet. So Tone heads downstairs with the pizzas. So now we have uh, Derek and I are standing outside. The roofer is tearing off shingles and toss them on the roof. There's three people on the lawn digging fucking giant holes to plant trees. The plumber is replacing a bunch of pipes and uh, two guys are taking all of Neil and Lisa's furniture and putting in the back of their fucking moving van. So um, as this is all going on, um, so Tone tells them, oh yeah, you know, oh, not to mention the fact that the police are watching all this as well. Don't forget that. Cause that's a very important part of this fucking story. So the cops are watching all this too, right? So, um, as we're standing there and we're talking, you know, Derek and I are just shooting the shit, the prostitute shows up. She literally walks right by us. Doesn't even look us in the eyes. So we didn't even see her coming. Next thing you know, she's walking right by us walks right down the stairs and right into the house. Like It's like Derek and I weren't even there. It's like we were invisible. So um, Tone comes up with one of the pizzas. Not all of them. He left the other ones down there. He comes up with one of the fucking pizzas and tells the pizza guy that Neil's downstairs and that he's going to pay you, but you have to go into the house because he's doing some plumbing and shit like that. So now the pizza guy heads downstairs. So you got the plumber, the pizza guy, and the hooker all downstairs in Neil's house. Um... Uh, it turns out that, um, uh, oh, so anyway, so we start circling back to the front of the house, and as we're walking, the guy with the suit 
the limo driver is walking towards us and he goes, are any of you guys fucking Neil? And what did he say? Fucking, he said, are you guys Neil? We said, yeah, yeah, no, Neil's downstairs, but he needs help with his luggage. So, um, if you could grab his bags, we're going with Neil too. We're all going to the airport together. Um, so we're just going to go grab your seat in your car. You grab Neil's bags and Neil will come out. Guy's like, yeah, no problem. So now he heads down the fucking stairs. As soon as he heads down the stairs, we fucking go to the front and we see that the limo, he'd left the door open, I guess, kind of like a, uh, you know, uh, being polite, like enter, enter the fucking limo. So that's what we did. The three of us get into the fucking limo. And when we get into the limo, we see that there is a fully stocked bar, fucking bottles of uh, those little shooter bottles of alcohol, bags of chips, all that shit. So, you know, of course we steal it all. So we fill our fucking pockets with all those mini bottles and we grab as many fucking bags of chips as we can and we fucking book it out of the fucking limo, right? Because, you know, obviously this guy's going to come back and he's going to see that all the shit's gone, right? So, um, as we're doing that, as we're exiting the fucking car, uh, the Chinese food guy shows up. So we send him to the back of the house as well. So now all these people are fucking in the very back and they're all going down the stairs. Um, And the reason, by the way, that we picked fucking two o'clock was uh, Neil got off at 1.30, he picked up Lisa, and together they took the subway home, and they got off the bus around 2.30. Tone had all this planned out, of course, because he's fucking Tone. So as we're walking out of the limo, sending poor fucking Hop Singh to the back to join the hooker, the roofer, the tree planters, fucking, um, who am I missing, the pizza guy, um, uh, there's the fucking, it's, it's almost like out of a movie, Whereas you heard the bus, you saw the sunlight, and then you saw Neil and Lisa getting off the bus and walking towards the house. So Tone has an entire pizza in his hands. We've got pockets full of alcohol, and we figured this is probably a good time for us to get the fuck out of here. So um, we, we fucking start walking away, and we're walking away backwards so that we can watch all the carnage. And then we see Neil start running towards the house because I guess he sees that shit's going on and he wants to know what the fuck is going on. So we see him running towards the house. And as he's running towards the fucking house, now the cherry on the actual Sunday, not the hooker, was now the police get out of their fucking cruisers. We see the doors open. Now we see the police walking over to the fucking Neil's house. So the police are going to deal with this entire fucking situation that's going on. And as that's happening, Neil, Neil gets to the front lawn Neil's arguing with the roofer and now the tree planters are still going. So Neil's talking to the tree planters and he's yelling at the roofer. As he's doing that, everybody comes out of the house. It was kind of like the shoe train except in human version and so the the pizza guy was at the front, then came the hooker, then came the limo driver, then came the Chinese food guy and the plumber who fucking didn't come out at all, he just kept working. So I wish I had his business card because the fucking guy's a stud. He didn't let anything phase him. He just put his head down and kept fucking going. So all the shit's taking place. The cops are coming up to deal with it. And we decide, yeah, now is probably the best time to fucking bounce out of this. So we just take off and we go back to my place or wherever the fuck we went after. We, we figured we'd seen the last of Neil and Lisa, but then Derek gets a page. And the page ends up being Lisa, who's professing her love for Derek and saying, I miss you and all this stuff. And begging him to come over. And he says, yeah, sure, I'll come over, but I'm bringing Tone and Jay with me. She agrees to that. I don't know why, but she did. So anyways, off we go back to Neil's the very next fucking day. Um, When we got there, the damage was pretty fucking extensive. Um, A third of the roof was gone. Uh, The shingles were still fucking everywhere. 
the, the, the holes in the fucking lawn were still there. Neil had stopped them from planting the trees, but he hadn't got them to fill the dirt back in, so the lawn was com completely fucking destroyed. When we get inside the house, the first thing I noticed was Stefan's room was completely empty. He had grabbed his shit and he would moved back to Sault Ste. Marie, apparently. Um, Neil was sitting in the kitchen table and he was crying. He had his head in his hands and he was fucking crying. He told us that um, he and Lisa had officially just broken up like an hour before we fucking showed up. And that because of the events that had recently taken place, um, they were also evicted and had five days to find somewhere else to live. So Neil told us that um, just like at Bird's house, um, which I talked about before with the hooker, um, the pimp had come back. But he'd come back until after the cops left to deal with the situation. Uh, turns out when he went downstairs, Stefan was home, uh, where he wasn't before, obviously, when all the shit was happening. Uh, and he got in the fucking pimp's face and was telling him to go fuck himself and get out of his house and all that shit. So the pimp did what he was what pimps do. He knocked Stefan fucking clean out cold. Like just fucking one punched him apparently from what Neil was saying. So Stefan blamed Neil for all of this shit, obviously. Uh, packed up his shit and he fucking left. Um, Neil was looking at the, the, the newspaper when we got there for new places to live because they only had five, dig five days to get out. Uh, apparently him and Lisa were going to move in together as friends, which is even fucking funnier. Uh, so Lisa takes Derek aside and you could kind of see that she was whispering sweet nothings into his ear or some horse shit like that. Uh, so Derek just, Derek showed up just to get one last session with her, but Neil was there. So, um, uh, that couldn't go down. So um, they disappeared into the fucking bedroom. And I, as I'm fucking talking to Neil and I'm reassuring, I'm like, dude, everything's going to be fine. You know, you'll get through this. You look like a fucking strong guy and blah, blah, blah. As we're talking, Lisa begins to fucking moan because Derek's banging her. And then you hear the fucking, the bed and the springs and all that shit. So Neil starts to cry even, even fucking more, which made me laugh because it was fucking funny. So um, when Derek's done, um, they get up and um, Derek puts his shit on and we fucking walk out of Neil's for the very last time. That was the last time I, had, I ever saw Neil and Lisa because um, I don't know what happened after that. I have no fucking idea. I don't know where they went or what happened. But basically, this is all. this all happened because Neil met Tone at a coffee shop just a few days before and now fucking poor Neil, who was well off when he met Tone, is now single, homeless, and crying on his kitchen table. So that is it for today's podcast, episode number 10. I've got plenty more coming your way, uh, but not until Monday, obviously, which is a fucking holiday. It's the day we celebrate when that fucking rabbit gave birth to Jesus or something like that. But until then, um, have a great weekend. I am Jay, and enjoy the new outro music. I hope you like it, and I will talk to you soon. Goodbye for now.